Hey guys, I'm Jackie Brubaker, your host of That Girl, the podcast. I'm an author, performer, two-time Emmy Award winner, human relationship specialist, and founder of the wellness website, loveyouevenmore.com. Each week, I bring on inspiring people and experts in their field to have powerful, motivational, and enlightened conversations about relationships, self-development, and how you can live your most authentic life. Follow us for daily updates on myself and the podcast at That Girl the Podcast and at Jackie Brubaker on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and our Patreon page. While you're at it, make sure to check out my new wellness website, loveyouevenmore.com. If you're wanting to dig into developing more self-worth, be healthier about relationships, and learn how to date smarter, go to loveyouevenmore.com and follow us on Instagram at loveyouevenmore. Welcome, Jay Azuli, to That Girl, the podcast. I'm very excited to have you on. Jay is a dating and relationship coach, and today we are going to talk about burnout in dating and shame when it comes to dating and relationships. From where's that? Where, where that's coming from, and how we can try to start healing that so that we can have better dating experiences and better relationships. So Jay, I like to let my guests introduce themselves. You guys do a much better job than I can. So Jay, please tell people what you do. Yes. Hi, everybody. Firstly, this is my first podcast. I'm a little <gasps> nervous. Welcome. And excited. Oh, a safe spot. <laughs> and yes. And I couldn't have asked for like a better person than Jackie to do this with because since we started, she's been making me feel very comfortable, which I appreciate. Uh-huh. Um, I am a dating, dating as well as a relationship coach. And I also do heartbreak recovery work and support my clients in burnout recovery in terms of um, professional work. Um, dating and relationships as well. And one of the key goals in my work is helping folks develop a very grounded, self-compassionate, deeply loving relationship with themselves and these very fulfilling, trauma-sensitive, anti-patriarchal, abundant relationships and dating experiences. Oh, I love that anti-patriarchal. I'm like, yes, yes. good, please. Yes, yes. <laughs> a lot of my clients. Divine feminine, let's do it. <laughs> sacred unions only. Yes. Um, I love that. And then you um, work with the queer community quite a bit. So yes. please talk to me all about that and what you do. Absolutely. And this is where I will just elaborate a little bit that when I, you know, when I speak to these anti-patriarchal relationships, like one of the things we talk about, and I'm completely on board with folks using masculine, feminine framing. And at the same time, I like to expand that, especially for queer folks like myself, who may identify as agender or non-binary, and for whom expressions of love may include elements of the binary, but so much more that cannot be encompassed within it. So one of the very important things that I do in my work is making room for these various ways in which we love and relate and heal together. So, and of course, like queer inclusivity, BIPOC inclusivity, inclusivity for plus size folks like myself, darker skinned folks, chronically ill folks, disabled folks, all of that is is extremely important to me as a human being and a coach. I love that. I think you're doing such good and it's really important. I think, thank goodness we're starting to learn better inclusivity and understanding and normalizing things because, you know, 
I mean, I'm just a white blonde chick over here just living her life. Like, I don't know. (laughs) The only thing I can say that I could even slightly relate to is that I'm a woman. And being a woman or someone who identifies as woman is is hard. I'm sorry. Like, we're working real hard. It's very tough. It is. Yeah. So the first thing we're going to talk about is burnout in dating. And it doesn't matter who you are or what you identify with. This is a thing. And it is happening because we're exhausted. We are exhausted from apps. We are exhausted from going on bad dates. We are exhausted from having bad relationships with people Mm -hmm. that it feels like it's going to be great. And then it just turns into your last relationship all over again. So you work with your clients a lot on this. Let's just start from the beginning when you have a client come to you and you're like, they're like, I am just done. I'm done dating. I mean, I want to meet my person, but like, I just, I can't, I can't do it. Yes. Yes. Thank you for asking that because I encounter that so much in my work, in my own life. I'm polyamorous and I'm partnered and I date and also um, with clients, you know, who come to me. And these are some of the very common struggles that folks are facing. So one of my bigger, more important suggestions tends to be if it is available to folks to have a dating detox, to take a minimum of three to six weeks off dating. And oh my gosh, really, I was like three to six months, right? Now? Yes. Weeks? <laughs> we can do longer. Like I think if folks have been, let's say someone's been divorced or someone has had a very challenging breakup, then dating recovery is not the work I would do with them. Right. Pardon me, not dating, sorry, dating coaching, because I would like to begin with the heartbreak recovery piece and then six months down the line, the dating piece. However, if... Um, those type of extenuating circumstances are not in, you know, a factor and folks are just burnt out from, from dating and the apps and like meeting folks and the dates going nowhere. Then one of the things we can do, excuse me, is taking a couple of weeks off dating and getting other things in our life in order. And when I say that, I mean, ensuring we're getting enough rest making sure that we get two hours of dedicated rest every day, which is outside of sleep, obviously. Oh, wow. And in those two hours can be, can include active rest where, for example, like you may be sitting and reading something that is nourishing, that feels good. And it does not have to be like closing your eyes and taking a nap. But I also recommend folks have if possible, 20 minute naps and, you know, include that into our day. Mm -hmm. And when, because a lot of folks I work with are working women, working non-men. So, you know, short bursts of um, productivity are better for us. And this connects with dating and I'll explain in just one second. And what I mean with that is, um, let's say working for like 30 to 40 minutes, taking a five to 10 minute break. Mm-hmm. So all of these things contribute to us having more energy to devote to activities that help us become more visible in dating. Got it. Because if there's a lot of professional stress and on top of that, there is the stress to show up on apps, to have the perfect dating like profile, to get the best pictures, to be going on dates and be prepping for that and getting dressed up and all of those things, it's a lot. So right. burnout is is inevitable so having that rest in place really taking care of ourselves nourishing ourselves and again with the dating apps limiting yourself to two to three apps like a lot of folks are everywhere and it's like you don't need to be 
on five to six apps, if even if you start with one or two apps. Yeah. I so feel that like apps. First of all, I don't even like to text my own friends, much less message strangers on an app where I feel like I'm a piece of meat to begin with. Um, So I really, I only do one app at a time and I I only, I love it. Yeah. Like I only match with about five to seven people because that way it's like, if anything is going to spark or go anywhere, it's like, okay, cool. Like at least I remember who it is, you know, Mm -hmm. versus like, multiple people, you're just like going down the list and you're like, I don't know, like, who was that again? Did we, I don't care anymore. And I don't, and that's what happens is like, you just, you're exhausted if you're not balancing, which is what you're, you're talking about is just balancing your life more, having more time for you. So you don't feel spent so that you could Mm -hmm. actually have a conversation with a stranger and not feel (laughs) resentful. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. And the apps are meant to keep us on the apps like it's a huge yeah. part of the attention economy these yeah. apps are like very tempting places to be on and these the swiping and the constant checking for text responses mm-hmm. all of that and um so I agree one if you can stick with one app and just focus on that and say I'll get on this app just three times a week Ooh, you know okay. yes because it's not necessary to be on there every single day yeah like folks who are for you even if you're monogamous and you're looking for let's say a single person to date they're not going anywhere the universe <laughs> won't snatch them from you that opportunity from you if you're not on these apps constantly I have a really funny story um so I was on hinge just just recently And um, I matched with someone that I'd actually worked with. He's a comedian. And I remember working with him a couple of times and thinking, he's like the nicest guy. Like, I would actually really like to date him. And we matched. And I was like, oh my gosh, is this a sign? And we were like totally having the cute conversation back and forth. And then it just like dropped off. And I was like, this is so interesting because, and... I was supposed to work with him like a couple of weeks before we even matched. So like that it got canceled. And um, I'm like, we were really meant to like meet at least kind of. (laughs) Um, But then I was like, but then it just like went nowhere. Okay, well, that sucks. But then I I really do believe that the universe is what you're saying. Like they're not going to take anyone away or if they do, let them, let it take you away. It's fine. (laughs) It's removed from, from our path, and I don't mean to like in an objectifying way, like referring to people as though they're boulders in our path. Like when <laughs> people, you know, some of when, them are. <laughs> yes, that, that that's also true. Sometimes I agree, but like in a more general sense, like when folks when things don't go too far, it can feel like a huge loss. But I feel like spirits, ancestors, the universe, guardians that they know more than we do sometimes. Okay. A lot of the times, no, that's and. Like- they're guiding. Just, yes. just talk to your guides more, you guys. You yes. don't even need the apps. Just talk to your angels and guides and ancestors. And be like, yes. hey, <laughs> where's my person? Would like yes. to meet them now. <laughs> Make some demands. And, you know, I, yeah. I tell folks this. Another thing that helps with burnout is in our culture, because of all of these you know, social changes and how because of the digital economy and how much we are on computers, apps and stuff, we don't do as much. Uh, we think that we don't do as much organic dating, but mm-hmm. a lot of folks, a majority of folks actually find their partners through their friends, through their social circles, through their families. 
So this is something folks are not aware of. And I remind clients, instead of burning out on apps, and you don't have to, there are ways to use the apps that are not contributing to burnout, some of which I um, brought up. But speak to your ancestors, speak to your guides, speak to the universe if you're not you know, spiritual in specific ways. If you are, if you're a person of faith, speak to God. Yeah. And, and, and let these, you know, these benevolent forces know that this is what I'm seeking. I'm seeking healthy, beautiful love and speak to your trusted friends. Let them know, Hey, I'm open to being connected. You know, if you know someone, I'm, you know, I'm open to getting to know them. So that Ah. takes some of the pressure off being on the apps constantly. And also, I want to just put this out there too. Like when you end up meeting someone that you're going to like get into a relationship with, even if you don't know it at that moment, or sometimes you do, sometimes you meet someone, you're like, boom, that's it. Mm -hmm. We're just together now. But like, you can't plan it. And I really want to just say that again for people who have heard it a zillion times, like this is your sign. You can't plan it. You can do all the right things. You can balance your life. You can do the apps. You can be available. You can talk to your ancestors. But I swear to God, it's like, you've got to just understand like that you're not really going to plan that happening. You can put all the work into it. And that is so important because that's what keeps you busy Mm -hmm. while it's coming to you in the waiting period, which I just talked about yesterday. Because uh, a lot of people are having this this issue right now. Right. We're all like, whoa, I'm waiting and waiting and waiting. Like, yes. where is it? Where it, Where are they? You know, what's going on? I'm doing everything. I'm so tired. Again, burnout. But like, you know, you just, you don't know. You're, you're going to go to a, a dinner with friends and yes. meet someone. Exactly. Exactly. In, in these serendipitous, unexpected moments. Mm-hmm. And the other thing about waiting is that this period of waiting is not rest. You know what, yeah. what I mean? We are not resting. We are not leaning into the confidence and the faith that folks for us are out there. Mm-hmm. And us taking, having the courage to make ourselves visible and be seen that, that how big that is and what a big part of finding love right. it is to just be open to it and be visible. And when Absolutely. I say be visible, I mean, like, like telling a friend, like I'm open to this when we are out and about having this sort of this joyful quality that I'm open to love, just flashing a smile at someone you think looks cute. You may start strike a conversation and they may end up being one of your people. Yeah. It's true. And also like, don't second guess if you see someone literally across a crowded room and you just are like, who are they? Because I am telling you every relationship that's been important in my life, I've literally seen them across a room of crowded people. Right. And I knew like, not like, oh, that's the love of my life. But I was like, who is that? Like, I need to talk to them right now. And it wasn't like an overwhelming feeling. It was just a really big, strong push from my ancestors to go in that direction, to talk to that person. You just don't know. Yes. So what if, um, you know, because there are a lot of people, (laughs) me included, I'm a little bit better now, but like there was a time where I was like, I just don't want to date at all. Like, mm-hmm. I don't even want to do this. Like, don't even put me on an app. I, I'm beyond burnout. I'm just apathetic. <laughs> like, right. what do you do for that? 
Right. And I think that apathy, like I had spoken to briefly in one of my um, writings, that that apathy comes from burnout, that sense of cynicism, that love is just not accessible, that love is just not available to me, or it's available to other people. There's something wrong with me. And I think that might be a good segue into the shame yeah, piece. because. Let's do it. Yes, because like a lot of folks are like, there's something specifically wrong with me, which is why I don't want to get into this because nothing's going to come out of it anyway. Mm -hmm. And when we face the smallest little disappointment, like we go on a date and we're talking to somebody who's very self-absorbed maybe, so they're not attuning to us, they're not connecting with us. And instead of seeing like, okay, so this person maybe does not have the most um, refined emotional skills and it's fine that, that this is a part of dating, you know, coming up against rough edges, rough spots, we think, oh my God, this means that love is not for me, that this dating thing does not work. So it's like we have to increase our tolerance for disappointment, for bits of, for little setbacks, because they are a part of the process. And these are the kind of things that are growing our capacity for love, for acceptance, for a healthier relationship with ourselves. That's so true. With shame too, because, you know, maybe our last partner made us feel shameful or maybe we have really deep seated shame from our childhood or being abused or all of it. Right. It's just all there. Um, How do you, like, I'm just trying to think like if there's, you know, a client who may not be fully aware that that shame is still affecting them, like how can you find out if it is or not? Right. And I'll just connect this a little bit with what I was saying earlier in terms of how the, the you know, how folks can be easy to step back mm-hmm. and withdraw and not continue to risk being seen when we date or, yeah. or you know, face a setback and say, okay, you know what, I'm going to date someone else. I'm going to try again. A lot of that also comes from shame, from feeling that we are not good enough that if the state didn't go well, it means that something was fundamentally wrong with me. If I were a different woman, maybe if I were more feminine, more pleasing, maybe this person would have responded differently. And that is one of the examples in which shame comes up. And when I'm listening to folks sharing these um, experiences and narratives, I keep um, an eye out for, and a very respectful, loving, compassionate eye out for that, that are we telling ourselves that I don't want to date anymore. I don't want to, you know, go on apps, et cetera, or even connect through friends. Is it because we feel we're not good enough and that we, if we did put ourselves out there, that we would just get disappointed and rejected. If there are good enough, not good enough pieces in there, that means shame is a part of the picture. That's interesting. Um, I know that with like my last serious relationship, it was so out of left field and like nothing I had been in. And I was just angry. I just wanted to be out of it so badly. And I really just wanted time off to sort of basically cool down, (laughs) really cool down. But then I kind of, you know, recently realized I'm like, because I'm really good on my own. I actually really like being by myself, (laughs) but I like being in a relationship and I'm very good at it. But I realized I'm like, you know, maybe this is more than just apathy and maybe this is more than just, I'm good on my own. Like maybe there's something more here. And I think what you're explaining, um, 
is, and it's funny because I've never thought like, oh, I was, you know, ashamed of anything. Yes. But actually what I was ashamed of was the, is, was the fact that I didn't want new people that I was getting to know or dating to know that I'd even been through something like that, that I had even yes. been wow. so gullible or, you know, yes. duped that way. And it just, it was embarrassing. It was like, I just yes. don't want people to know. So like, that was the shame yes. or maybe kind of is the shame that I carry yes. now, but I, I don't even want to say I would carry it. Cause I feel like I'm aware of it. So yes. it's not like holding, yes. but, um, but I will say, and I, I know you have so many things to say cause I can feel it, yes. but like the right person will understand yes. and will hold space for that. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. And I really appreciate um, your vulnerability in sharing that because I know I relate and I know a lot of folks in our audience, men included, can relate to this because this is a part of our human experience. And one of the very, very harmful social messages we we receive, particularly women and non-men, is if we were harmed in a relationship that we should have done something to prevent it. Yeah. So instead of the responsibility being placed on the shoulders of the folks who have partic- who have caused that harm, we internalize that and make it our fault. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is not saying that we shouldn't examine the ways in which we may have abandoned ourselves, ways in which we need healing, but that the harm that people cause is not because we were gullible, because this is what I tell folks all the time. There are people with poor boundaries. There are people who are naive and people who are gullible who do not get harmed because those things are not invitations to harm people. Right. That's such a beautiful piece of advice. Yes. Like, just say it again. Say it again, because I really want people to hear that. Of course. So I was just saying that, you know, there are folks out there with poor boundaries. There are folks out there who are naive, who are gullible, who are deeply innocent, who have not had these social and life experiences needed to navigate love in the safest, most vigilant ways, for example. And I don't mean hypervigilance, but just enough discernment. And they don't get harmed. Yeah. So if someone can be gullible and receive love and compassion and care and protectiveness from a partner, then we know that it's not the gullibility that makes us deserving of harm. Mm. It's the other person's own issues, their own baggage, their unhealed right. um, selves. And that is not ours to carry. Yeah, absolutely. Shame is such a weird little animal. It just stays and it hides too. Yes. You know, there's a lot of shame I didn't know I had um, from something a long time ago until it decided to bubble up and was like, hey, I'm ready to be worked on now. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. (laughs) I didn't know you were in there. What? (laughs) Did I not know a whole chunk of myself? And it's true. I didn't. It was very stuffed down. Right. And, you know, and that shame, I'm so grateful because when people do examine their shame, it's like you're giving yourself permission to just heal and to be like, yeah, you know what? Maybe I I was a victim. I, I yes. really like, cause everyone's like, I don't want to play the victim, but I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. but maybe you were victimized. And yes. Thank was, you for saying that. Like, and it's okay. Like, it's not okay that you were victimized, but like, like you just said, like, it's not your fault yes. and you did the very best you could. And maybe yes. you didn't know what you were doing because you'd never mm-hmm. been in that exactly. position. We do the best with the resources we have mm-hmm. in any given situation. And I love what you said about victimhood because a huge part of patriarchy, a huge part 
of white supremacy, of queer phobia and fat phobia and all of these various forms of oppression is making it shameful to be victimized rather than making it shameful to victimize other people, to be the one causing harm. So folks can cause harm and get away with it with greater ease, but folks who have been harmed, who have been victims in a situation are the ones who carry that shame. Right. And again, I'm not saying that folks who, that people who cause harm, that shame is a good corrective tool for that. But what I'm trying to say is that instead of putting responsibility where it should lie, that it's people who are made to feel like victim is a dirty word, that, that victim is in fact a dirtier word than being a victimizer. Yeah, I, I really feel that. I really, yes. really, that resonates for me so much because... Yes everyone's like, no, I don't want to be a victim because I think it implies that you're weak or you're, yeah, you're just, you're weak. And it's like, no, it has nothing to do with that. Like you were hurt. You're hurting. That's it. Yes. Like you are getting stronger. You are healing, but in the moment, like it's okay to be hurt. Yes, absolutely. That doesn't mean you're weak. (laughs) No, no, not at all. And I think this also comes up with in how we show up in dating because if we've been hurt in the past, we have the self-image that I'm weak, that I'm broken, I'm flawed, I'm defective, and I'm unworthy of love. And it's like, none of that is true. That is shame that we have internalized and that, that has become a part of ourselves and how we view ourselves. And because shame is about the external bit, how people see us, and the internal bit, how we see ourselves, yeah. it can really adjust, pardon me, it can really help to adjust the lens from which we view ourselves. Mm-hmm. Like this, this is the shame lens that I am flawed. I am weak. I am needy. If someone saw me for who I was, that they would reject me. So like, why make myself visible? Why date at all? Mm-hmm. So it's the piece is that firstly, that um, none of this is a, is a character flaw that these are parts of our common humanity. We share it with all of us. Like all of us have been harmed. All of us have felt broken and all of these things. The second part is that kind of like the work I do with my audition mindset clients, because you are, you know, a creative and a singer yourself. So one of the pieces that I speak to with them is, um, and I forgot what I was about to say. Oops. Um, Could you remind me what that last sentence was that I said? Um, oh, about shame. Yes. Is that, you know, like when folks give auditions that they, and again, dating is not auditioning at all, but what folks are looking for is vulnerability is for you to be yourself. So I tell folks that, you know, they're not looking for perfection. Similarly, when we date that folks out there who are reasonable, who are actually good partners are not looking for you to be perfect. You know, folks are looking for good folks are looking for people who are you know, who can be vulnerable, who can accept themselves, be compassionate to themselves and also the folks that they're dating. That is so true. I really want more people to understand that because when you are talking to someone and they're just being themselves and like, we're not talking vulnerable as in like, they're telling you like their sob story and like crying, like that's not appropriate, but like, you know, they're just being like real and themselves and showing up as themselves. Like, I fall in love with energy. Like I really fall in love with energy. And I will tell you, there are some times where I don't even see the person the way that other people see them because Mm -hmm. their energy is what I'm actually seeing. 
And it's very interesting sometimes what happens. Um, but that is because they're just being themselves and being authentic. Yes, and you want someone to be a little vulnerable and yes. even a little self-deprecating here and there is really cute. You know, just yes. showing that you're like, I don't take myself that yes. seriously. Yes. You know, yes. it's adorable. So, and I will say the people that are too perfect yes. freak me out. Cause I'm right. like, what are you hiding? Like, I'm not seeing the real thing here. I'm seeing a right. perfect version of you. Mm-hmm. And I will also say just for the record, I know that sometimes I come off a little perfect mm-hmm. and I'm not at all, <laughs> like at all. But like, yeah, it's, it's just about being yourself and yes. the right people's they're going to resonate to that, you know? Yes, absolutely. The right people for you, the compatible people for you will always have a resonance with you as you are. Yeah. I love what you said about perfectionism. And a lot of us like having these perfect veneers when we date, we want to be perfectly pleasing, perfectly charming and all of these things, more so for women, you know? Oh yeah. Because the world is just so unforgiving. Oh my God. It is so awful. Yes. Yes. And yes, sorry, go ahead. Well, I was also thinking too, like, you know, I'm finally not at this place anymore. And once in a while it'll sneak back in and I'll be like, no, but for so long, I would get so nervous on a date or even just going to like an event because I would be thinking so much about what I looked like and what other people were going to think of what I looked like. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so I read this or heard this somewhere, you know, a while ago now, and on a date, it's like, you're not going on a date to see if you can be judged. You're going on a date to see yes. if you like them. Yes. Like if you like them, especially for women yes. or people identifying as women, like yes. you are not hoping that you win or something. Or get picked. Right. You guess exactly. This yes. is not The Bachelor. And like, <laughs> yeah, but like men don't always feel, well, you know what? I won't even speak because I don't know. Yeah. But to but a lesser so, extent, I feel. Right. Sorry, like, go ahead. Yeah. It's it's true. Like if you go with the intention of like, hey, this is me. I'm going to see if I even like spending time with you, first of all. Mm-hmm. And then you can take me for who I am, you yes. know, to quote rent for who yeah. I was meant to be. Yes. And like, you can just decide. I don't, I like to go on dates and actually not look really perfect. Mm-hmm. Like, I actually like to look a lot more like, just like normal myself, like right, right. now. And right. just be like, what do you think? Because this is what it's going to look like most of the time. Yes. <laughs> you know? Yes. Like, all those fun pictures you see of me, that's not what I look like most of the time. I'm always And you like, look amazing. Like, just you. for the record, you look Thank amazing. You very much. But it's like, it's the authenticity that you're, I agree. you're feeling. Thank you for sharing that. And I also want to say this because like authenticity is a big part of my work because I actually mentioned specifically authentic relationships because a lot of dating coaching, the industry, dating in general, encourages deeply inauthentic behaviors. But at the end of that, we expect to be in an authentic relationship. And it's like, if you want to be in an authentic, loving relationship, you have to take those emotional risks to be seen, to be transparent about what you need, to be transparent about your values. To be transparent about your wants, your desires, your insecurities. Like that is a a huge part of what authenticity is and connecting with our bodies and being able to communicate how we are feeling in our bodies. So just like one quick example would be like one way in which we can be authentic in relationships, for example, or dating is if you are on a date and you're feeling nervous, if you're feeling a bit queasy, it's Mm -hmm. authentic 
and loving to yourself and the other person to say, you know what, I feel nervous. Like I'm feeling a bit nervous. So I just want to let you know, you know, that this is how I'm feeling right now. And they might offer you comfort. Like a lot of good loving folks will, you know, be like, oh, don't worry. I'm nervous too. And that resonance, it helps us open up and connect. Yeah. And that's important. Yes. Oh my gosh, Shay, you're just the best. I oh, really you. want you to come back on and I'd really like to talk about the queer community of more so and like for my folks who are listening in yes. that world and who want to hear really good dating advice. Yes. I feel like you're just a wealth of knowledge. So. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I would love to, to be back and I would love to speak to my queer community, to my BIPOC communities and disabled folks, chronically ill folks, plus size folks like myself, gorgeous chubby cuties. So I'm just happy. He is so cute, by the way. Your <laughs> little face, so cute. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Awesome. Uh, well, thank tell you. people how they can find you. Yes, um, you may find me on Instagram and um, you're also welcome to join my Facebook group and I'll be linking that in the comments if that's okay with Jackie. All in the show notes. And um, this is uh, for women, for femmes, for non-men, you know, who are looking to heal and form these really joyful, loving relationships. And I'm also in the process of starting a blog and a podcast and I'll keep you folks uh, updated on that as I... Um, I'm hopefully back on the on the podcast again. Yes, of course. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much, Shay. This was awesome. Thank you. I loved it. Thanks, Jackie. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. Remember, sharing is caring. Make sure to rate the podcast and leave a review. We really rely on this to help get the podcast out there. Also, make sure to watch the video version on YouTube at That Girl the Podcast.